Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. But it's almost become a tradition for us to have him to come here and speak into our lives on Father's Day. And, and they always bring something rich, something valuable to the kingdom that God is speaking. So uh, most of you know my brother Arnold, and of course his last name is Vess, just in case you didn't know. This is, this is my brother Arnold Vess, so Arnold, would you come, and would you give Arnold a hand as he comes this morning? I love this guy, the best brother in the world, really, awesome. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for brothers and sisters and your family and the church family. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the body of Christ. Amen. I'd like to say that I taught Donnie everything that he knows, but I didn't. Because if I had, I'd done a better job, man. <laughs> Just kidding. I love Donnie with all my heart because he accepted the Lord before I did and uh, prayed for me. He and Brother Paul and, and my mom and my sisters and cousins and <clears throat> a whole lot of other people was praying for me, and I need it. <laughs> Thank God for his goodness and his mercy that endureth forever. You know, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. didn't say it's a badness. God doesn't do bad things to people to try to get them to repent. But he does good things for us. To let us know that he honestly and truly loves us. Beyond what we can comprehend or even think or know, God loves you. I know he does, and that's, that's why I'm here. Because he loved me. Because I didn't even love myself. Didn't really love anybody. Because you really don't have love or really know what love is until you have the love of God in you. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the love of God does what? It casts out all fear. So turn to somebody and look at him. and say, I'm not afraid of you. Now tell somebody else, I'm not afraid of you. Now look at somebody and say, I'm not afraid of the devil. Amen. You know, before I got saved, I wasn't afraid of anybody. Now some people I dreaded more than others. But I wasn't afraid of them. So why be afraid of anybody once you become a child of God? Because if you're not afraid of them, then you can really tell them the truth. Amen? If you're afraid to tell someone the truth, then it's called you don't really love them. 
Now you think about that. Because you should know the truth and the truth will do what? Set you free. I want everybody to be free. I know what it's like to be in bondage. And I know what it's like to be free. And let me tell you something. Free is better. <laughs> it's a whole lot better, folks. Amen. So how y'all doing? Let me ask you one more time. How are you all doing? You're getting better every time. Let's try one more time. I said, how are you all doing? Boy, I tell you what, you all about to get it now. That sounds good. Maybe just one more time. How are you all doing? Highly favored. Praise God. You know, I'm one of God's most favorite children. That could be debated. He's got my picture on his manual over the fireplace, you know. He carries a picture in his wallet everywhere he goes of me. He's a good God. I love that song. And I tell you what. This praise team, you can't beat them. They just bless my heart. <laughs> they stir me up. And if you can't worship God after they get through, then there's something wrong with you. I tell you, you need another dose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You need another dip, and it's not skull snuff either. <laughs> I thank God for those, for Jeremy and Justin and Jesse and all of uh, Donnie's kids, children, Becky, even Sister Vivian sitting here this morning. They're all part of me, and I'm a part of them, but you know what? You're a part of me and I'm a part of you. Because we all belong to the same body. We are the body of Christ. And every one of us have a part to play in that body. I don't care what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe you don't know, but that's why we're here to find out. Amen. What does God want me to do? I know there's somebody out there that you're supposed to reach. And only you can do it. And you're the only one they will listen to. And you can go out and preach to them, talk to them, love them. It may not be a whole lot of preaching that it takes to get them, but just loving on them. Just letting people know that you love Everybody, everywhere I've been in the world, everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be cared for. Everyone wants to know that they're cared for, that someone loves them. So you can tell them. Amen. Why is that? Because God is love. Everybody say God's love. He doesn't just have love. That's what he is. That's his very nature. Amen. He just loves you and that's it. For God so loved the world that he doesn't want. Gave his only begotten son. To whosoever should believe in him should not perish but do what? Have everlasting life. Say everlasting life. You know, when I first come to the Lord, I did it because I didn't want to die and go to hell. 
Anybody else besides me? Come on, you be honest about it. Remember, we're mom family. And you're not afraid of nobody. You love everybody. So the reason I came to the Lord is because I didn't want to die and go to hell because that's what I'd heard all my life. If you don't get saved, you're going to die and go to hell, which is the truth. So I was afraid. Everybody say afraid. That if I didn't do just exactly right, I was going to die and go to hell. So I tried to do right. And I tried. And I tried and I tried. And I tried and I tried. And I kept messing up. And that's why I said, I can't live like this. I can't. And you can't. Look at somebody say, you can't. You can't do it on your own. You've got to find out something. This is what you find out, that God really loves you regardless. Regardless of what you do or you don't do, God still loves you. Or is it important that you do what's right? Yes. Certainly it is. Why? Because if we don't, our own heart will condemn us. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn this world, but through me, I might, the world might be saved. Jesus came to save, not to condemn. He's not the condemner. God does not condemn. Everybody say that. God does not condemn. So if there's condemnation, then where's it coming from? It's coming from your own heart. You know, the devil himself can't even condemn you if you don't let him. Let me say that again. The devil can't condemn you if you don't let him. He can't do nothing to you if you won't let him. You have to let him. The Bible says, submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, and he'll do what? How many believe that's the truth? I heard someone say, well, I did that and it didn't work. That's well, God must have lied about it then. I mean, no, God's not a liar. How do we submit ourselves to God? By submitting to the Word, by being a doer of the Word, and not just a hearer only. In the beginning, John said, 1 1, this is my favorite scripture. How many remember me saying that? How many remember when I preached the last time I was here? Anybody? Well, we've got a couple over here. Maybe three. So I can preach it again. I thought it was pretty good myself, didn't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, where was I at? My favorite scripture. Thank you, brother. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word with God, and the Word was God. And the 14th verse says, And the Word became flesh. And dwell among us. So who is that? That's Jesus. Jesus is the living word. Living, talking, breathing word is Jesus Christ. And if you want to submit yourself to God the way that you do it, is submit yourself to the word. That's right. But if you don't know what the word says, how can you submit yourself to it? And it takes time, folks. You know, we are a spirit 
We have a soul and we live in a body. This old body is just a house that we live in. When a person dies, the spirit moves out of that house and we bury it. But the spirit lasts throughout eternity. Somewhere. It's going to be somewhere. And when you're born again by the spirit of God, God takes care of your spirit completely and totally. There ain't nothing you can do about that except believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He died for our sins. God raised from the dead. If you really believe that, then you're born again. You believe in your heart, confess it with your mouth. You're born again, so you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You're in Christ, and Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God took care of that part, but there's still two more parts that has to be taken care of. And that's this flesh. And it's the mind. The soul is part of us. Now the Bible tells us in Romans 12 chapter, so I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So you got to do something with your body. Look, somebody say, you got to do something with your body. You got to do it. God's not going to do it. You have to do something with it. You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and don't be conformed to this world. What does it mean to be conformed to? It means to be like, a part of. Don't be conformed to this world, but be you what? Transformed. How? By the renewing your mind. So you see, there's something that you've got to do with your body, then there's something you've got to do with your mind. Why do you want to get your mind renewed? So that you may know what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. How I many wants to know the real God? We tell you how to do that. Get your mind renewed. You can't pray for someone to get their mind renewed. I wish you could. I'd like to be able to lay hands on people and say, mind be renewed. And they know as much as I do. Just kidding. But they know as much as Brother Donnie or some of you. you know. But it don't happen that way. It takes work. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's something we've got to do. We've got to put off the old man and put on the new man. And how do we do that? By the renewing of our mind. You know what your biggest problem is? Everybody hold your hands up like that. Now bring them over here just like this. Now your biggest problem is right between your two hands. Not somebody else, brother. <laughs> your, your own problem. You can't blame nobody else for what you are and who you are. Might well get off that horse. Amen. Well, because of what my daddy done. No, he might have done some awful things. But you know, the Bible says that we make a choice. Say this with me. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. And his grace is working in me. Amen. And he'll never leave you. And he'll never forsake you. 
You might leave him, but he won't leave you. David said, if I make my bed in hell, he's there. If I go to the highest heaven, he's there. Wherever you may go, wherever you may be, he's there. So I guess we better pay attention where we go. And where we are. And who we're with. Now I'll get to my scripture. That's just my introduction. I promise you I won't go past 2 o'clock. I know this is Father's Day and some of you may have some big plans, things you want to do. My daughter's coming over this evening to see me. We live in Canada, North Carolina. And I'm hoping she'll take me out to supper so I'm going to get back home. <laughs> just to make sure. But the scripture I want you to look at is found in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. You know, sometimes when you're reading the Bible, you're just kind of just reading along. And you're just reading. And it's not saying much to you. Then all of a sudden, it just jumps out and grabs a hold. I mean, know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you must not be reading too much. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you need to read the Bible. That's God talking to you. Lord, speak to me. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. I've heard people pray that. I said, get in the Bible and he'll speak to you. Amen. Because if he says anything, if you hear anything that's not in line with the word, it's not God. Everything he says is going to line up with what his word says. Because his word is forever settled in heaven. It changes not. That's why God doesn't change because his word doesn't change. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians 15th chapter, Verse 33. It says, Be not deceived. I mean, there's a lot of deception going on in the world today. Amen. A lot of deception. People have been so deceived that they don't even believe the Bible's real anymore. Ah, some man wrote that. There's no man could have wrote what's in the Bible without it condemning them. There's no way. It's a mystery, Paul said. I mean, like mysteries. Boy, this is a big one. Paul said it's a mystery. What is it, Christ in you, the hope of glory? Can you really believe and comprehend and understand that God lives in you? I want you to think about that. God lives in you. That's hard for me to comprehend. The creator of the heavens and earth and everything that's in it lives and resides on the inside of me by the Holy Spirit. 
And he's with me everywhere I go. He knows my every thought. My thought. Now how many know that you can't believe everything you think? Now you think about it. Because your old flesh is always putting thoughts in your mind. Thoughts you like or you don't like or things you want to do that you shouldn't do. Or things you should do that you're not doing. Like Paul said, those things I want to do, I don't do. Most things I don't want to do, I end up doing them. And you've got thoughts coming all the time. It's hard. Have you ever tried to just lay down and just quit thinking? It's hard to do. Because there's thoughts coming. It's either be your flesh or the only soulless thoughts you have or it's going to be the devil trying to put things in there. And he's always bringing up things that's in the past. Things that's under the blood. Things that's already been taken care of as far as God's concerned. But it's like that old song they used to sing. It's always something there to remind me. <laughs> and wherever you go. Especially go around people that you used to hang out with. I mean, no, you can't do that. If they start talking about the past... Said bye, adios, senor. See you later. <laughs> it's not been too long ago that uh, I saw a friend of mine, and he professes to be saved, and I'm not doubting. But we used to run around together years ago, and he started talking about some things that we had been involved in. We had done. He said, "Do you remember?" Do you remember? How many know when you remember something, visions come up? Especially somebody reminds you of something in the past you did. Especially something you don't want to be reminded of. <laughs> Do you remember such and such? I said, no, I don't remember that. He said, why you do? I said, no, I don't remember that. That old man's dead. He said, what do you mean that old man's dead? You're standing there talking to me. You can't say that old man's dead. I said, as far as I'm concerned, he's dead. Romans 6 chapter, Paul said to reckon yourself dead. Someone asked me one day, said, how you doing? I said, well, I reckon I'm dead. He said, what? I'm dead to sins. I mean, no sin does not have power over you anymore. It does not have authority over you. Because you are dead and buried with Christ. In his death and burial. And then you came up with him and his resurrection. That's what baptism is all about. When Jesus was raised from the dead, you was raised with him. When he hung on the cross, you hung there with him. Man, that's That's powerful. That's so good, I can't hardly stand it. <laughs> but you were raised with him. You're alive in him and he's alive in you. And that old man's dead. That old sin man that you used to be. 
That's under the blood. In 1975, I went to work for Greenville, South Carolina, the waterworks, the watershed. Does anybody know what it is? You know, because you can't see me. And I lived on the waterworks property on the back of the watershed. There's 44,000 acres of waterworks property there. And I was in maintenance and protection, one of the guards there. But I had to drive about 10 miles from my house down to the foot of the mountain where the dam was at, where we gathered together to go to work that day. And one morning, this was in the fall, and it was just right after November 1977, on a Thursday night, is when I gave my heart to the Lord. And it wasn't long after that, one morning, I started to work. And I was still having problems with these thoughts from the past and Satan will say you sorry rascal you you remember such and such ain't no way God forgive you for that you know I was struggling with that I hadn't got my mind renewed I still didn't know how to resist the devil I'm still learning I'm still learning you never quit learning the only way you quit learning is to leave here and then you learn more when you get to heaven well, I hate to think this is all we're going to know while we're here. But anyway, one morning I started to work and it started snowing. Oh, big old beautiful flakes of snow. Coming down is covering everything. By the time I got to work, there's about two inches of snow on the ground. And it just covered everything. So that afternoon... When I came back from work, coming out the driveway, and had a long drive. We lived a mile out in the woods past everybody else. And the snow had covered everything. The trees, the pine trees, it was all bowed over with snow on them and everything. Just beautiful. I mean, it was gorgeous. Driving along there, and to the left of the road coming back, which had been on my right going out. But on the left of the road... There was no trash dump there. People had dumped trash there years past, but they had stopped dumping. But the dump was still there. I knew it was there because I'd seen it many times, but I come to the place I just really didn't pay any attention anymore. You know, after a while, you see something so much, after a while you just kind of come dull to it. It just doesn't really phase you anymore. But it's coming back, and I, I noticed with that dump, it was just covered with snow and all you see just beautiful snow you didn't see the trash you didn't see all the garbage and stuff under that, that snow because it was covered and I was driving along I looked around and I thought Lord if I didn't know that trash dump was there I certainly wouldn't know it now because it's covered yeah. some of you get it and the Lord spoke to me and he said, that's just the way your sins are, son. Though they were red as scarlet, they've been made white as snow by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's in Isaiah's first chapter. I had to stop and have a shouting spell right there. I needed that. I needed that. Tell somebody he needed that. 
It's little things like that, folks, that help you. Though your sins were as scarlet, he's made them white as snow. Amen? So don't be deceived, folks. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Now, the word communication there is not talking about just what you say, but it's what you do with what you say. Amen. It's what you do with what you say. How many can remember the time when you could go to the bank with just your word? I was looking around for some old people, but I don't see any. But I can remember the time when you could go to the bank and all you had to do is sign your name and get a loan. Because they trust you. Your word was good. Everybody in the neighborhood knew that your word was good. Everybody in the community, in the town, well, you know if old so-and-so says it, you can take it to the bank. Amen. If they say it, you can believe it. It's hard to find anybody like that anymore. They don't believe it in the banks anymore. You go try to borrow money. You've got to sign your dog away, your cat, your children, your wife, your horse, whatever you got. You've got to sign it all. Because they don't believe you. You know the way, reason why they don't believe you? Because they don't even believe themselves. But you know, the Bible says, by your word you're justified, and by your word you are condemned. And from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So we've got to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. If you tell somebody you're going to do it, then do it. I have somebody tell me they're going to do something. I'll meet you there at a certain time. You sit there and wait. Lord, help me. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. Just wait till I get here. Lying dog. Can't believe nothing they say. And that's your brother in the Lord. (laughs) So, folks, we need to do what we say we're going to do. Amen. We ought to be true. Even if it hurts you. If you tell somebody you're going to do something and it costs you to do it, do it anyway. Somebody tell me they're going to do something and they don't do it. And if they tell me they're going to do it again, I forget it. I say, no, you're not. You done lied to me. Amen. How many know God's not a liar? And he don't like liars. He don't like it when you lie to one another. Evil communications corrupt good manners. How many know what manners are? 
a lot of the younger generation don't even know what that is. I'm telling the truth. Tell somebody he's telling the truth. When I was growing up, we were taught to say yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Amen. And everybody in the country, whether we were related or not, if they were older than us, we call them aunt and uncle. And if we were at their house and we got involved in something we shouldn't be involved in, they'd wear you out. And send you home, you get another whipping. Am I not telling the truth, Don? We were taught to respect people. And when I got away from that, it didn't always work when I got away from home, you know. But around there where people knew me, I tried to respect them. <laughs> I knew there was a tail on me, you know. <laughs> but it's something that kids need to be taught nowadays. And you certainly cannot depend on the schools to do it. Amen. Amen. If you try to discipline your children, the teacher tells them, say, now if your parents give you a spanking, you come tell us. It didn't happen at my home. If one of them had come into my house and said, Daddy, the teacher said if you gave me a whipping to come and tell them, and they'd take care of it. I said, come here. Give them a whip and now go tell the teacher. Say, <laughs> so you really do that? Well, I would have. <laughs> but they knew I would. So it didn't have to happen. Except for one time. We told our children, they went to a Christian school. I'm talking about a, a Christian school. I'm about to say a Christian school. And we told them, said, if we ever have to come out there to discipline you for any reason whatsoever, you will get a whip, and do you understand that? And you know, Dad is not lying. Yeah, we understand. Well, my youngest son, Perry, he was named the class clown. Can you imagine that? And one day the teacher said something, so he smarted off to her. And she called my wife. My wife went up to her and she got a couple good switches. I mean, I know what a switch is. It's a rod off a tree. The Bible says, He that spares the rod does what? What? It don't say that. It does not. Look it up. It says, he that spares the rod hates the child. And how many know there's a difference between spoiling and hating? And I had people get upset with me. I know it does. I said, no, it don't. Bet you $100 it don't say that. 
He that spares the rod does what? Hates the child. My daddy loved me. He really loved me. Son, this hurts me more than it does you. I thought, well, why am I the one that's feeling all the pain then? You know, why am I the one that's dancing around here and saying, Daddy, I won't do it no more, Daddy. <laughs> anyway, my wife, my darling little wife, she gets those switches. She goes to school. She goes down the hall right at the door where the classroom is with all the kids are sitting in there. She said, come out here, son. So he comes out. <laughs> Lord, let the raptor take place. <laughs> so he comes out there, and she wires him out. And all those kids in there, they heard it. They heard him hollering and carrying on, and she sent him back in there. She went back home. And no one ever had to do that again. Never did. But guess what? Social service showed up at our house. At that time, I didn't even have a television in the house. I got rid of it. I had seven televisions give to me. Give to me. I'd give them away and somebody give me another. I didn't know I sowed seed. <laughs> I didn't want it in the house because I was addicted to that thing. That's all I want to do is watch television. So I just got rid of it. Got it out of the house. Magazines or anything that was worldly, anything that I thought would mess my mind, and then my mind was already messed up, it couldn't be messed up anymore. And I was trying to get in the Word and get my mind renewed to what the Word said. I didn't need that garbage. So we didn't have anything in the house like that. And that woman comes in there and says, I heard you don't have a television bar. I said, that ain't none of your business. She said, I heard you don't even have magazines in your house. She said, that ain't none of your business. I heard you whipped your children. She said, that ain't none of your business. Those are my kids. I gave birth to them. I raised them up. And I will teach them and train them the way that the Word of God says to. And it's none of your business. Ma'am, you're right. They know the difference between abuse and discipline. They know the difference. And there is a difference. I think my father abused me. <laughs> but you know what? He loved me, and I love him. I loved him right down to the very end. I did. But he taught me. The Bible says you shall beat your child with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. That's powerful. It's all in Proverbs, folks. Read Proverbs. And anything it says about your children, raising your children, underline it. Make a note of it. It's powerful stuff, folks. And now, 
We're so political correct. Lord help us. It's awful. What we, the church, has put up with and have let happen, instead of taking a stand against evil and standing for what's righteous, you all may not ever have me come back. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you the truth while I'm here. You know why? Because I love you. I love you. I don't want you to overcome me with evil. I want you to be overcome with good. (laughs) And I want you to overcome evil with good. Because you see, you've got a power living on inside of you that has enabled you. To do all things that Jesus did. Jesus said the things that I do and even greater things than these can you do because I go unto the Father. A lot of people hung up on the greater things. Let's just do what Jesus done. Don't even think about the greater things. What did he do? You know he never had a funeral. (laughs) He'd go and raise the dead. Isn't that right? He opened blinded eyes, unstopped deaf ears, made the lame to walk, the dumb to talk, took a few fish and loaves and fed a multitude of people and had 12 baskets left over. Turned the water into wine. Sounds good, don't it? How about turning water into gasoline? That sounds good, don't it? These are things that Jesus did, folks. Are we doing them? You know, the Bible says there's nothing impossible with God. Did you know that? You know, the same Bible says there's nothing impossible to those that believe. That's me and you. Amen. I haven't arrived, but I have left. And I'm on my way. Things are better than what they used to be. Folks, you're in this world, but you're not of it. You have the kingdom of God living and residing on inside of you. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now I'm just now getting to my main scripture. I'm serious. I told Donnie and Becky this morning, I can't hardly wait to get to church so I know what I'm going to preach. Didn't. Amen. I enjoyed it. I tell you, people just like a sponge. You just draw it out of it, don't they? Just draw it out of it. You're easy to preach to. It's a joy to preach. I look forward from the last year to this year to come down here and preach. And I'm looking forward to next year. 
How many wants me to come back next year? Look at look at brother. So I ain't made him mad. So this next scripture, and I will I will save this to next year. Because I've already got the notes for it. Let's see. Right here some yeah. I got I, yeah, right here. I got two pages of notes I hadn't even looked at yet. So I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Verse 34 says, Awake to righteousness. Now that word awake means to come out of a stupor. To rouse yourself out of a stupor. To wake up. To understand. To comprehend what righteousness really is. I know what's preached to about righteousness when I was coming up that I can remember. They didn't talk about righteousness. If they did, it was your righteousness is as filthy rags. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Oh, sorry thing you <laughs> I was an old sinner but I got saved by the grace of God and I'm not a sinner anymore Amen. I'm a saint Amen. tell somebody you're a saint, I'm a saint. not a haint <laughs> you read the Bible and Paul wrote letters to the saints he never wrote a letter to the sinner saved by grace Amen. He wrote to the saints. We are the children of God. We sung that song. And everybody did the singing and rejoicing. That's who I am. That's who I am. I'm a child of God, the son of God. Been bought with a price, not a corruptible thing such as gold and silver, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I'm important to God. You're important to God. I said you are important to God. And he loves you. But he loves me more. I'm just kidding. God's no respecter of person. He's no respecter of person. He loves you. He really does. He loves you. More than you ever know. Awake to righteousness. And do not sin. Now I've got the King James Version. That's what I cut my teeth on. <laughs> That's what I believe. And let me tell you, if it was good enough for Paul and Silas, it was good enough for me. How many know that's a joke? Paul and Silas didn't have it. They was writing it. <laughs> they didn't even, I mean, they wrote it down in Greek, but King James is the one that had it translated. I'm glad he did. I like it. It says, to awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Do you mean we can come to a place 
that we don't sin. There's so much more to this story than I have time to tell. But you can. Because you see, if you've been been born again in the spirit, you ain't going to sin in the spirit. Your flesh may do some stupid things. Your mind may think some stupid things. Her brother Hagen say one time, a bird may fly over your head, but you don't have to let it build a nest in your hair. <laughs> Thoughts may come, but you don't have to let them resign. You don't have to meditate. The Bible says to cast down every thought, every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And you've got to take hold of it and cast it down. Well, how do you get rid of a bad thought? You replace it with a good thought. How do you get rid of a bad habit? You replace it with a good habit. You know, when I quit smoking, January 1978, on a Tuesday afternoon about 2 o'clock, I smoked my last cigarette. I said, this thing is not going to control me anymore. I'm not going to allow it to have the power over my life that it's had. Because, you know, that cigarette could not get out of there and get into my mouth by itself. And it was destroying my body. It was hurting me. And I knew it was. And the Bible says to offer your body the living sacrifice. Holding itself unto the Lord. Which your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world. But be you transformed by you and your mind. But I got my little Gideon Testament that they give out. A little red one you've seen them, you know. I put that in my pocket. And every time that thought come to me or a desire came to me to smoke, I'd pull it out. I'd just open it up and start reading it. Submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And he quit tempting me because he didn't want me to learn the word. <laughs> so wake to righteousness, sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. What does that mean? They don't understand righteousness. They don't know what righteousness really means. You know what righteousness means? It means to stand before God as though you had never sinned. As though you had never sinned. That you've been justified. You've been sanctified. You've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are the righteousness of God. When you were born again, God created you into righteousness and true holiness. Righteousness and true holiness. I'm about to say true holiness. There's another message in that. But I won't go there. Some have not the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. It's a shame that the church don't know who they are. And what they are. And what they have. And what they can do. And what they have become. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. People's looking 
just to die and go to heaven. Well, how many know you can have some heaven on earth? Yes. Amen. There's people out there waiting for you to come lay hands on them and pray for them. Yes. There's somebody out there waiting for you to come and tell them the truth. Yes. Listen, you don't have to live like this. You don't have to be like this. You don't have to put up with this kind of stuff. People's putting up with stuff they don't need to put up with. Amen. And you don't say, Mr. Devil. Will you please leave me alone? You don't do that. Brother Hagin said this man came to him one time and said, Brother Hagin, I want you to pray for me. I'm just having such a hard time. He said, well, you want me to pray, brother? He said, I want you to pray that the devil won't bother me no more. He said, you want me to pray that you'll die? <laughs> I mean, that's the only way the devil won't bother you no more. You go ahead and die. Get out of here. And he won't bother you no more. Amen. Praise God. I'm not through. But you know, our mind can only conceive what our bottom can endure. <laughs> You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.